0: Our second reading is from the Gospel of Mark, the 13th chapter, verses 1 through 11, and can also be found in your bulletin insert if you'd like to follow along. As Jesus came out of the temple, one of his disciples said to him, Look, teacher, what large stones and what large buildings? Then Jesus asked him, Do you see these great buildings? Not one stone will be left upon another. All will be thrown down. When he was sitting on the Mount of Olives opposite the temple, Peter, James, John, and Andrew asked him privately, Tell us, when will this be? And what will be the sign that all these things are about to be accomplished? Then Jesus began to say to them, Beware that no one leads you astray. Many will come in my name and say, I am he and they will lead many astray. When you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. This must take place, but the end is still to come. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places. There will be famines. This is but the beginning of the birth pangs. As for yourselves, beware, for they will hand you over to councils, and you will be beaten in synagogues, and you will stand before governors and kings because of me as a testimony to them. And the good news must first be proclaimed to all nations. When they bring you to trial and hand you over, do not worry beforehand about what you are to say, but say whatever is given you at that time. For it is not you who speak, but the Holy Spirit. Here ends our reading. I had planned to give a different sermon today, but after the events of this past Friday, I could only hear Paris in the text. When you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be afraid. Beware that no one leads you astray. Sometimes the scriptures come alive. The distance of time and place disappears. It is as if the ancients, dreaming of future generations, wrote down these words, sending us their love and hope. Sitting atop the Mount of Olives, looking toward the temple, Jesus tells of the coming destruction of the temple, of the wars to come, of the fear, interrogations, and death that they will endure. The people passing on this story of Jesus are a people living through the Jewish Roman War. They are a people who knew death, who know the loss of family and friends, of community and stability. The temple housed not only the presence of God, but generations of hopes and dreams, and it has fallen, their sense of strength and protection with it. Surely they knew the words, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus goes on to say these are just the birth pangs. It is a text that has been used to say, destruction must come before the day of the Lord. A kind of traditional Noah's Ark tale where the destruction of creation was part of God's plan. And maybe in their grieving and search for understanding, these ideas were present. Grieving is a messy ordeal. And upon reflection, is mixed with words and associations that are helpful and unhelpful, as we too know. But in the moment, it is simply grieving. And as I listen to the story from this moment, with wars and rumors of wars, with Paris, a city that has been a symbol of love and dreams of the heart, I don't hear destruction must happen in order for the glory of god to be realized though i am sure there are those who hold fast to that understanding i hear devastation is happening the birth pains are happening and there will be life and i hear that though the temple has fallen the presence of the spirit flows through creation through the community a people who also know the loss of innocence that comes with trauma this is not hope come to easily but when it is found it is more powerful than any temple it is from that place that i imagine our ancient brothers and sisters are writing this story with the blessings and memory of the voice of the one who was showing them the way, and who knew their weary hearts as they pleaded for the end to come. We have been in endless wars, and comments from Francois Hollande and leaders from several other countries suggest the storm is going to continue to rage. The attacks in Paris were an act of war, he said, and faced with war, the country must take appropriate action. How will it end? The psalmist prays for counsel, placing trust in God, even while acknowledging the night. And there, when time seems to expand, the sweet hope of the night sky meets the counsel of the heart. I have taken to introducing the prayers of the people by saying, as God's people, we are called to love one another, and one of the ways we do that is to pray. And so, binding our hearts with the prayers of the ancients and those who continue to carry on their hope, I would like to close this morning with a prayer from the Presbyterian Disaster Assistance Coordinator, the Reverend Dr. Lori Ann Cross. May we somehow, as we hear of wars and rumors of war, slow enough to be guided by the counsel of the heart and follow the path of life. Let us pray. God of mercy, whose presence sustains us in every circumstance in the midst of unfolding violence and the aftermath of terror and loss, we seek the grounding power of your love and compassion. In these days of fearful danger and division, we need to believe somehow that your kingdom of peace, in which all nations and tribes and languages dwell together in peace, is still a possibility. Give us hope and courage that we may not yield our humanity to fear, even in these endless days of dwelling in the valley of the shadow of death. We pray for our neighbors in Paris, in Beirut, in Baghdad, who in the midst of the grace of ordinary life, while at work or at play, have been violently assaulted, their lives cut off without mercy. We are hostages of fear, caught in an escalating cycle of violence whose end cannot be seen. We open our hearts in anger, sorrow, and hope that those who have been spared as well as those whose lives are changed forever may find solace, sustenance, and strength in the days of recovery and reflection that come. We give thanks for strangers who comfort the wounded and who welcome the stranded, for first responders who run toward the sound of gunfire and into the smoke and fire of bombing sites. Once again, Holy One, we cry, How long, O Lord? We seek forgiveness for the ways in which we have tolerated enmity, and endured cultures of violence with weary resignation. We grieve the continued erosion of the fabric of our common life, the reality of fear that warps the common good. We pray in grief, remembering the lives that have been lost and maimed in body or spirit. We ask for sustaining courage for those who are suffering wisdom and diligence among global and national agencies and individuals assessing threat and directing relief efforts, and for our anger and our sorrow to unite in service to the establishment of a reign of peace where the lion and the lamb may dwell together and terror will not hold sway over our common life. In these days of shock and sorrow, Open our eyes, our hearts, and our hands to the movements of your Spirit, who flows in us like the river whose streams make glad the city of God and the hearts of all who dwell in it and in you. In the name of the Christ, our healer and our light, we pray. Amen.